You are now listening to a Suffolk Free Radio podcast. The views and opinions on After Dinner Coffee are the views and opinions of the show personalities only and do not reflect those of Suffolk University. Hello and welcome to this episode of After Dinner Coffee. With us today is Mateo Flores. He is a returning guest, student at Emerson, and today he is joining us to talk about hyper-individualism. So, Matteo, why don't you start by telling us a bit about why this topic is one of interest? Yeah, sure. Uh, start by saying hello out there, to all you listening. Uh, I, you know, Shannon came up to me with some different topics on what we could talk about uh, today, and I, I landed on hyper-individualism, uh, just because it's, I think, an idea that uh, I've been, I think it's an idea that we've all been wrestling with recently, but... Um, I don't know, I think I've, it's been something I've been more consciously uh, wrestling with, like being able to put a name to uh, the, the feeling and experience that I think a lot of us share mm-hmm. of, you know, this extremely hyper-individualistic uh, world we live in. And I was talking earlier, uh, I've been taking some classes this semester that I think have uh, really been giving me some insight on the causes and problems of hyper-individualism, so I don't know, I'm excited to, excited to talk about it. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I want to start off first by just kind of defining what is hyper-individualism, how did it kind of come to be, and how it plays a role here in um, the U.S. specifically, and then we can branch out from there if we want to. Yeah, um, so I, I wrote a little blurb on... Uh, on just kind of where uh, I believe, you know, at the very least individualism came from or like mm-hmm. where it's done from in like this greater sense that we have right now. And uh, I saw some articles online talking about how that when, uh, you know, Europeans came, you know, that before uh, America was found and created and the pilgrims came over, uh, there were Europeans in uh in Britain who were like reached this like first level of individualism where they realized that they were not into the royalty they were not into the king uh, being in charge having all the money uh, and mm-hmm. even though you know the king's goals were to uh, were to like even though the king had goals uh, to help the well-being of all of its people uh, you know these specific Europeans who were often merchants um, were not into that, and they wanted to make their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, they came to America, uh, they came to at least this land, and they uh, took it for themselves, and, uh, you know, kind of started creating the first uh, colonies. I, I read somewhere on how there's an important distinction that's not usually made in, like, history, is that, um, like, history classes, is that, you know, the first groups to arrive in America were there were companies? It was like the Massachusetts Bay Company and the oh. Virginia, I think, uh, Bay Company as well. You know, and so they came here to to take this land, take its resources, and you know, kind of start right to set up like lives for themselves. That yeah, would... La- like these lives for their themselves as individuals, um, as individuals, individual merchants came from Europe to you know become kings. They mm-hmm. thought they had it in them. And so to do that, to, to make the amount of money that it takes to get there, as it does with kings or anyone else, is that 
you need a lot of resources and you need a lot of bodies. You need a lot of people to make that money for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, like. And yeah, and they abuse. can't have your, and they can't have as much as you because you want as much right. as you. So you need they need a reason to do all this work for you, and, that, and that's where a lot of like individualism came from. Was mm-hmm. this uh, idea put on by like the merchant elites uh, that if you can be hardworking and help them make money, that you will one day like reach the same level of wealth and accomplishment that they do that is i think a condensed version of like the american dream um yeah and and so i think that's kind of where like individualism stemmed uh you know just this uh, uh, idea that you got to pull yourself by the bootstraps and do the hard work in order to succeed and that uh by relying on anybody else uh that you might be that might make you lazy you know, like, there's just this importance of self-reliance in, in the American system mm-hmm. uh, just because of the way that it was built, it was how it was founded. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, I didn't know all of that about, like, way back, the history of, like, how it kind of started. Um, what I think of mostly is the same as you, the American dream. And how that sort of became, like, a part of our, like, nation. Like, it became a part of, like, Mm -hmm. our ideology as Americans. And it's so ingrained within us. And I don't think individualism is a bad thing. But the reason why we're saying hyper-individualism is when you take that and you take it too far, where it might, like, end up harming others Mm -hmm. or, you know, just not being... um, just I mean, I not being supportive of others as well you know right uh reaching such an individualistic uh you know becoming that much of an individualistic uh, of an individual mm-hmm. you 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 have no one else to rely on you don't think you need anyone else to rely on and i feel like a lot of us find throughout life that you do need other people um to kind of help you succeed to help you grow to rely on and so we're reaching a point now as like maybe seen through like we saw like we're talking about during COVID times uh, a time that should have called for great collective action helping out your neighbor uh, but just the basic just the basic principle of wearing a mask not for yourself but to help other people um, you know became impossible for people to do became such a contentious point because no, nowhere else in American society are you expected to uh, to expected to care for someone like that uh, without like without a transaction. Like, do it. What's, mm-hmm. what's that word to like caring unconditionally? Yes. You know, no, like nowhere else really in American society are you asked, other than maybe with like your family, like your your blood family. Uh, nowhere else are you asked to unconditionally uh, care for others. Right, and. I think it's it's good that you brought up COVID because that was the exact event that I think recently really got me to be interested in this topic because like you said with the mask wearing and with when tragedies or pandemics or disasters happen to a country almost always if it's like a collectivist culture or even sometimes if it's not it will bring people together and they'll kind of re-remind themselves of like what's the common goal here how do we all become like better and heal from this 
And I did not see that with COVID. I saw so much mm -hmm. separation, isolation, and it, was, it wasn't good for people or communities. My, my theory for that is that, uh, you know, a, a disease like this, which is so, which in nature is, is just neutral, uh, doesn't really give us anyone for us to point the blame to. You know, like other tragedies in America, say, you know, 9-11 or uh, Pearl Harbor gives us an enemy uh, through like another nation that like mm -hmm. creates this idea of nationalism and that brings you together as a nation uh, to, you know, against a common enemy that is outside of the nation. But, you know, with COVID, it's like there is no one you can really blame. People certainly tried to blame China. There's certainly a lot of, uh, you know, Asian hate that came out of COVID, at least in America, but, but I mean, in the end, it's like, you know, there's, there's truly no one, like, there's no one to blame or no one who's easy enough to blame, I think, and I think for that reason, um, you know, I don't know, we had no, we had nowhere yeah. to, like, we had, we had nothing to collect around other there's than There's no, like, other. united front because yeah. you can't fight off, like, you know, physically a disease that yeah. is spreading across the nation. All you can do is unconditionally care for each other, and that's tough. Yeah, right. <laughs> found. Um, and another aspect of this that we were both kind of talking about was the role that personal freedom is plays in this and how, like, that concept is such a part mm -hmm. of, like, why we are hyper-individualistic. Um, do you want to talk about kind of what that means. Yeah, yeah, back to the history lesson um, a little bit. You know, when when these merchants came over and were creating, you know, the creating American, the American identity, um, they, you know, I don't know, this idea about personal freedom came out, uh, like we've talked about. It's like freedom <laughs> is a very important American ideal, though, as seen from the amount of what does freedom mean to you essays that we've <laughs> right. both read and written in high school, there is no true answer to what freedom means, you know, freedom for, from what? Freedom to do what, right? We still have laws that, you know, tell us what we can and can't do. We can't harm other people uh, physically. We can't, um, you know, and you There's have certain to, things you can't say or, or do or... You need to use, you need to... The only way you can live inside a home is by paying for it, and you know you've got to pay landlords. It's like they're. Uh, it, it asks you truly, like what you know, what freedom is. And I think that when this idea of personal freedom came came about, it was specifically this idea of economic freedom, which is kind of like the the whole deal behind like uh, economic liberalism, right? It's like it's the idea of free markets where there's no there's no force deciding what the economy can and can't do because the merchants didn't want that because that's what they had uh, kind of under the monarchy is that they had limits on how much money they could make and how they could do it. Uh, so then in America where there are no limits, I think it's this idea of personal freedom to, you know, to make money any way you can kind of is kind of where like that idea of freedom comes from or, to, you know, I don't know, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, not not a nihilist, but a, a cynic. Where when I see when I hear about like freedom, what I feel like that means is like freedom to to buy whatever you want, 
You know, it's like, that's what you're free to do. You're free to pay for anything that you can. Because, I mean, if you don't have any money, if, if, if I got, like, if I'm walking around the mall and I've got no money in my pocket, I'm not free to do anything. <laughs> right. I, I'm free to walk around and they might even get pissed at you if you're doing that after a while. You know, like, personal freedom, I think, is just, like, this uh, buzzword that is used to, like, create this, like, national identity. But in the end, yeah. it truly just means, yeah, your, your freedom to buy whatever is, you know, whatever is being sold to you. And uh, I'm trying to, now I'm trying to connect yeah. that to individualism. Uh, no, that is, yeah. that's a really good point that I didn't necessarily think of is, I, I was thinking about, like, the role that privilege plays in this and how... I mean, America was based on like freedom and liberty and being able to pursue happiness. And like, these are just like the rights that are laid out to us, but you can't have so many of those things if there's barriers in your way. Mm -hmm. And so you can only kind of be hyper individualistic if you have the means to do so. And usually that's gonna be money or status or even just factor, like you're, being in a race that isn't oppressed, like being supported by the systems that are in like working here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those are the people who, yeah. those are the people who have the easiest time, uh, you know, kind of being individualist. Cause if, if you want that personal freedom, only you can work for it. Only, you know, you make money for yourself uh, or for your family. But if no one is doing that for you, if you're not doing that for yourself, no one is going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that is a lot of the, you know, the problems with uh, individualism is that we, you know, you need, you need help from people. Less people would have died if people were, you know, wanted to help each other more during COVID yeah. and things. So I think that's, I don't know, the greater, the greater message. Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of talk about like what are some pros to individualism like how how has it even survived around in america for so mm -hmm. long um because i don't think that is inherently bad but we're abusing it here like, yes i think it helps people so all right this is where we couldn't come to a conclusion here we go. earlier but here's my thought is <laughs> yes. that since america has no preconceived singular culture that brings us together because we are, we're, you know, we didn't come from a singular culture. Uh, mm -hmm. That's, you know, America right. is the great mixing pot where people from all over the world come to, you know, live in the, in the new world. But, but, but then that creates issues when, when you don't have this culture to look towards, like already behind you that you're like kind of born into, you've got to, you've got to be able to find it to kind of satisfy that need to belong. And I think that's where people f kind of find that in, you know, individualism is like a way to try and like find that culture where now it's often like, I don't know, you can, you can almost find it anywhere now where mm -hmm. it, it seems like individuals uh, kind of choose the groups that they care about the most uh, or the groups that are given to them, you know. Right, there's a lot, there, <laughs> freedom. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know we were talking about that word doesn't really, have a great definition. But I guess that's um, fair, right? It's like it's but there the, is more freedom of choice. It's the freedom to to choose your family a little bit more, to choose the people who you know you serve, or or to not choose, mm -hmm. like to not to choose who you want to be is one way 
that I kind of look at. Like you mm-hmm. have you have more control over certain aspects of your identity. You, I mean, you kind of have something to work for that feels personal to you, like bettering yourself or getting to a certain goal of yours, um, which I think can be really motivating to an extent. Right. Right. It it is like it is good to be, you know, motivated and to have things to aspire to. But like we said, when those goals aren't met and where like in America, the the goal is, is generally to, you know, be successful, to reach that American dream like we're talking mm-hmm. about. But, you know, if you are not on your own able to achieve those goals, there's not really a safety net, unfortunately. And I think that's where a lot of a lot of issues lead to. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I'm taking this subcultures class, uh, and we read from one of the first, we, were, we read like uh, some writing from like the first sociologist, who is this guy named Durkheim, who is, and he was doing a study on the societal reasons why people uh, may uh, commit suicide. And, and some things he had to say was that, uh, you know, talking about society, he has to say that no living being can be happy or even exist unless his needs are sufficiently proportioned to his means. Um, and like, I think, you know, in nature, humans, our, our brains are crazy because we can do anything. You know, we can think <laughs> yeah. and do, there, you know, the possibilities are endless, but that can become a problem. That, that creates like such a wide scope where since the possibilities are endless, you have no idea what to choose. Yeah. You, could, you're, you right. can keep searching. You never know when you're satisfied, when you're fulfilled, because wherever you reach, there's always, you know, someplace more. Um, you know, and so again, he's just talking about... So this, that's... Yeah. Just to, like, clarify that a little bit. So it's your needs need to meet your means, or the other way around. So pretty much, like, you need to get the amount of whatever you need to mm-hmm. be happy but here that's difficult just because it's kind of so heightened like the yeah. thing that we like think that we need in order to be satisfied Unaspirable too yeah okay um right like uh i mean yeah just like i think i i don't think a limiting i think a limiting that scope is very important for people mm-hmm. like i agree being able to materially see you know like, like, see goals that are easy to accomplish to help you be satisfied. You know, it's like, I feel like you need that, you right. know, because you, you want to, because we all want to be satisfied. We all want to be happy. We all want to be at peace. And I think by, like, having goals that are attainable, like, within, you know, kind of what you can and cannot do, um, you know, leads to better happiness. And I, I think with yeah. this, something you had to say with this, uh, suicide reading that I found extremely interesting was that su- suicide, like, people from uh, a lower class do not commit any more or any less suicide than that from a middle or an upper class. Um, because that is, they have what they, like, they have what they know, you know? They, like, they know kind of mm-hmm. what, how the amount they have and how much, they, what they can aspire to uh, in any, you know, part of like the the class hierarchy and just by being comfortable and knowing like what you can aspire to you can be satisfied you know when you get there Uh, yeah apparently where like a lot of you know like in society when like a lot of like where a lot of suicides happen is when there's like 
economic changes, either good or bad. If, you know, if everyone in the country starts making more money and people like, like, it's, it's when people change from, like, when people's scopes change during their lives hmm. is when people mm-hmm. get the most uh, kind of stressed and, like, most depressed and, like, lead to suicide is because now the scope that they, like, believed in, like, just got expanded and they're overwhelmed. Yeah, I, I never knew about that. I didn't know about, I mean, suicide rates generally being higher, like, especially in the United States mm-hmm. because we have what I think are, like, unrealistic goals in some some senses and like and like we've been talking about like you don't have as much of a support system because you want to be this like self-made man like Mm -hmm. you want to everybody wants to have that status especially with like these like niche micro internet celebrities and stuff it's like (laughs) it's like everyone it's almost like everyone is so close to having that like individualist recognition where i don't know i feel like you like no longer can you just be a plumber you've got to be the plumber, the TikTok plumber. I'm the guy on TikTok who plums, and and you know, and I'm. <laughs> Is that a bird? <laughs> sure, I don't know. Plumbers plum. Uh, you yeah. know, but and so it's like now it's like you can't even just, you can't even just do the thing. It's like you've gotta you've gotta have this name for yourself. You know, you've gotta be this the specific you. Uh, right. You have to be. Like, you have to differentiate yourself from everyone else who might be trying to achieve a similar mm-hmm. goal. And it leads to, like, so many issues where you just become less tolerant to other people and the differences between each other. And you're just trying to be, like, the most unique one and have that, yeah, like you said, like, that mm-hmm. specific status. And that's because we, we think an I, you know. We think very much mm-hmm. this is what I need. This is what you know, I want, this is how I get that. It's like, it's once you start, I don't know, it's once you start, like, what would be better for us? What, what would be the best thing for us? Um, yeah. You know, I, I think it can make uh, the answers a lot easier because it's like, okay, what, what are the best things for this group of people? You know, and it can be, you know, security, safety, and it's like, and like us all being here, like that mutual lifting up of everyone else. Uh, and that can happen where you're still achieving certain things that are like personal to you. Mm-hmm. Like you can still achieve several of your goals while supporting whatever. And you can even more greatly get satisfaction from something like joining like a social social justice like movement related to something, some goal that you're trying to achieve, like say changing like a policy in like healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be more fulfilling instead of trying to become a doctor is to become like a part of this group that's gonna make the change you mm-hmm. want to see yeah because I, I think i think yeah individualism has become so outward it's like you express your individualism to others and, and but it's like yeah wait there's a but it, but it's yeah. about you it's about you so you can still have those things mm-hmm. everyone still is very much an individual but I think, you know, there's this narrative in society that that more that everyone needs to know that a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like yes. <laughs> I, you know, I'm an individual for so many reasons. I don't necessarily need to tell everyone about that. Like it's not really important to them, right? Because it's because it's me. Cuz it's like I, you know, these are things Right, like me. not everyone needs to know just 
people that you want to share it with for certain yeah. reasons. Yeah, you can you can share it with people, or you know, you can feel content just knowing that it's you. You know, do mm-hmm. it for its sake. Like I think you know, it's like I I can still yes, the, this isn't me, but an example. It's like I pretend I were to love goth music with all my heart. Yes, it was such an important part of me because I love the music, but. But I just wear a white, you know, a white shirt and blue pants. I don't really talk about it. And that doesn't make it any less mine because I don't express that to others Mm -hmm. because I'm still so deeply passionate about it for me that that's like, that's all that matters is I do it for the sake, you know, of, of me. I do it for me, not for other people. Yeah. And this is the part where the identity comes in where I'm not sure which way that I lean because I think... A benefit of individualism is you get to broadcast to the world whoever you want to be but I think now since it's yeah since it's so so hyper that way that it's like there's way too much pressure and there's way too much Mm -hmm. media out there and you have to like put your life on all these platforms it's almost forcing you like instead of like the desire to express because it's like I want people to Mm -hmm. know who I am I need people to know right. who I am. Yes. And ma- yeah, and I guess maybe that's the difference that we we're looking for between hi- uh, individualism and hyper-individualism. Right, because it, it is like a cool thing that we're able to wear the things we want to wear. And mm-hmm. we can have a passionate discussion about things, things that we, we really care about. Care about yeah. But it's, yeah, it's you don't need to take it so far. But I think it's like, and but then it's the point, it's like, if I don't tell everyone that, does it even exist? Because, I mean, like, think yeah. about where, like, where do you see the most people? It's kind of, it's online, I think. It's like, that's where you're, oh, like, yeah. seeing the most people. Like, there are people you talk to in your day-to-day life, your friends, who you you know everything about, you know, like, you know, very, you know, you're very deeply connected to your friends and things, and you're somewhat connected to the, to your teachers or acquaintances or people that you, you know, you, you might see every day or whatever. But then I think the majority of, like, people that we see is kind of online in these like online personas where I don't know anything mm-hmm. that these people are thinking. I, I can't cause I'm not having a conversation with them, but like, I know what they look like. I know what they like. I know where they're going, you know? And right. I think, and, and, and that's just how we see people. Now we see people kind of as their Instagram feeds, which only shows you, like I said, what they look like, wh- who they're with, where they are, and when what they like and then yes. you know and it's like that's what we see ourselves as and what we see others as because like that's where you're seeing the most people is yeah you know is as that um and, and again that's like that's like the issue with hyper individualism that's that's where stuff gets bad yeah it's the weirdest thing like when i have seen someone like i followed them online maybe because i was like when i was starting college i like followed a bunch of people that went here mm-hmm. to see like just what's going on and everything and meeting them in person like like, a year later or something and you're like I have all so much information about a person I've never met Mm -hmm. and that is weird it is weird (laughs) or the other way around or uh, I feel like there are always people that like I I only see online and I like I, I hype them so much in my head it's like look at this person look at the cool things they're doing like look at you know God, they're And you like, meet them and you're like, oh, they're just a person. They're just a person, you know? Like, I'm a person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you're like, wait, I'm a person. <laughs> exactly. They're just a person. It's like, well, was I... And sure, they look really cool, but when I talk to them, it's like, oh, you know? It's like, I don't know. 
but and then I find like the most interesting people are like are in like your local your hometown bar and like like every night like those are the most interesting <laughs> people those are people who I love to talk to when they like because I feel like they're the ones who care about like the most material real stuff like in their world it's like when you're you know like construction workers and and just anyone you know I feel like who does most of their lives most of their life in like in their in a real material world I think they have a greater sense of who they are and they're more interesting to talk to because of that yeah and there are there's certain jobs that are high status that you need to like almost put on an act to mm-hmm. get like you need to even with like resumes and LinkedIn and yeah. everything like you have to present this like part of yourself like market yourself yeah you to have to everybody. pretty much sell yourself to to get to some of these jobs whereas like I can't speak for like all jobs I don't I don't know how they all hire but like there are jobs like construction and stuff where mm-hmm. it's not as much like show me all these random things and like what is your essence and whatever and it's like they have the skills mm-hmm. and they're a good person yeah and and they can get the job and they can get the job I'm trying to simplify it because <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I agree. I don't know, especially, you know, I, I certainly have, like, skewed reference because I, I do go to Emerson College, which is, you know, it's the school that you go to when you're trying to, I feel like a lot of people go here want to make a name for themselves. They mm-hmm. feel this hyper-individualism, like, very deeply to a sense that it's like they can't, that, I'm not, I'm going to stop saying they, we can't, we can't just be a doctor or whatever. It's like so many people here, like, they see themselves as like these creatives and as these minds and it's like whether or not that's true or they'll be successful it's like it i i can definitely see this like that hyper individualism and like kind of the sickness that it is like really take be evident in a lot of these people yeah i i'm glad you brought that up because i i was going to bring that up a little earlier when you're talking about like the micro celebs because i was like that's not a thing that i really see at this school maybe i just don't look hard enough, but I guess, like... Yeah, no, uh, okay, that is definitely true. There are a lot of people at my school who are... So maybe maybe that's my connection with it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Definitely there definitely is. are still definitely people is. here that, like, they're trying to make a name for their sel- themselves in, like, music or mm-hmm. a certain type of art or... But even just when you go on, I feel like, on TikTok, you can you can, you see the micro-celebrities. You see the ones that make Yeah, it. or micro-influencers. Micro-influencers, yeah. yeah. It's like... And so... and. So they are there and everyone sees them. I think I go to the school where they where I can like see all of them like all the people who want to be that just like buzzing like waiting for their <laughs> chance. When a lot of these people could be, you know, they can just be anywhere. Like anyone can anyone can reach that status, you know? Yeah. It's like you know, the most famous micro internet micro celebrities are like show up just in random videos or it brings me back to like when like video virality was like such a thing or or when like different people who are memes kind of like reach like like a status or something <laughs> it's like everyone wants that virability that that does that if done correctly like launches you into like higher social standing and and stuff yeah <laughs> yes appeared on that sentence eventually i know and now i'm like oh where do we even go from here because we already we we already kind of talked about the individual and the community because it obviously it's going to affect both. Mm-hmm. I, maybe we can get into, like, what are some events? I know we talked a bit about COVID, but, you know, other events or reasons that you think 
individualism has like increased increased to this level uh, well also social media yeah i mean yeah. i think like globalization and and yeah like social media definitely has like brought us from individualism to hyper individualism and the america just like has an ego and i'm not hating on america like i'm very glad i'm like privileged in where i am like or what have what i have but like there's such an ego yeah. there's such an ego like we refuse to like even take into account other countries so much of the time mm -hmm. and like that funnels itself into the individuals in the country like that mm -hmm. becomes who they want to be like that value is like so instilled in them like I, like I was saying earlier uh there was certainly there are there have been moments in American history where you know more collective movements have like tried to take shape or even done some things that have like you know helped them take shape it's like mm -hmm. Looking at, I mean, and honestly, like, there are, there are movements that have been starting, you know, very recently. It's like, there's been a big push uh, for a lot more, like, unionization and stuff, which uh, goes against individualism, because, you know, and then and, and America, and, uh, you know, our capitalist overlords hate unions, because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, uh, you know, the CEO of Starbucks, where I work, hates unions. Did you name drop him? Oh, we, oh yeah, bro. We hate <laughs> kids. Sucks. He'll, he'll send like emails to us too. Signed, signed how? We might have to bleep that. <laughs> beep, beep. Um, but you know, because it's like when when you start, you know, when I when I as a person come to my boss, because I want I want a better a better uh, wage. I want anything like that. It's very easy to kick me to the curb because I'm just one person. But then when the whole, you know, this whole, you know, in my sense, like, say, a Starbucks, when a whole group of Starbucks baristas baristas come up and say, no, we want better wages or we are all leaving, uh, which is like a collective, a collective action. That's how that's how changes get made is by is when we help each other. Yeah. And exactly. so, you know, and so there are like there are certainly there's I feel like there's a war going on right now that, you know, the collectivists aren't. They're not winning yet, uh, but they're certainly trying between just kind of like, you know, yeah, rugged individualism versus like how how the only way we can truly get anything meaningful done is like with each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, like just social justice in general, like we we need so much more of that. Um, I'm in a class now where we're talking about like liberation psychology, which mm. is this kind of new branch new-ish branch of psychology where like you're using the ideas of psychology in order to actually like do a collective action whereas I feel like a lot of times in the past people use like theories in psychology and twisted them to oppress other people mm. and so it's kind of doing the opposite of that um just kind of a random fact I want to throw in but it's like a super interesting upcoming thing and it's like if more okay yeah yeah, if more, like, um, disciplines kind of did things like that, I think that there would be more action. Yeah. Like, psychology and a lot of sciences are, are meant to be neutral when you present mm -hmm. them because they're supposed to be like, okay, here's a fact, you decide what to do with it. And people have taken those facts and, and used it for bad things, like immoral mm -hmm. things. And so instead we're taking those facts and we are going to charge them with, like, a political charge and mm -hmm. we're going to talk about, like, we can't be neutral on this because it is 
not right or we can use this theory to push this like movement further yeah, that's so funny I, I i saw this tweet the other day that was like the it was like the most selfish person you know is in therapy right now being told that it's okay for them to ask for more me time like it's okay <laughs> to ask for things they want you know <laughs> yes. which i find so which i i do find so funny and that's why i'm like i don't think i can i want to be a therapist too so that's just like the funniest thing because I'm like I'm gonna struggle so hard with that because mm-hmm. you're supposed to be neutral right. like even if I'm if I'm treating like a narcissist like an actual diagnosed narcissist I'm not supposed to tell them like no like okay. you're sp- yeah. you're supposed to be like like try to get them to come to that conclusion themselves but you can't be you have to be neutral so you mm-hmm. have to be like oh, well, how do you think that's going to affect, like, other people or whatever? Instead of being like, no, you can't call someone a slur in public. Like, <laughs> <laughs> They're going to hate that. Like, that's yeah. interesting. I wonder, though, I don't know, does, it, does that, do you think that still has, like, an effect on changing people? Because I, I understand, now I'm just going down this travel thing. <laughs> Why not? Because it's like, the reason you're neutral is because the only way someone can truly change themselves is by, like, understanding that, right? Is that the reasoning why you stay neutral? Yes. Um, but then... I think... Yeah. I think so. I think there's probably some other reasons. Like, if you... It's not professional. If you have a personal opinion, especially on, like, sure. certain cultures or something. Yeah, and that's interesting. You're yeah. not going to, like, respect this person who maybe came from a different culture and is doing this because of their culture. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it's just kind of like a that's respect thing I'd love as well. to learn... I know, just off the air, tell, as, you, as this <laughs> class goes on, Shannon, tell me more about uh, liberation psychology. I know, I wish I had more information on it. I was like, <laughs> I've read like chapter one so yeah, far. Yeah, so. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, let's, let's reel it a little bit more back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask, do you think that someone can feel a sense of like the same level of like success and fulfillment that is perceived to happen with individualism? Um, if they're just involved in collective action, community welfare, and there's no, like, direct personal benefit, like, maybe financial or status, like, mm-hmm. benefit. I think the idea that, like, I think we find, we find the most fulfillment in those around us. We feel, we feel most fulfilled by our, by, like, our, our, our group, by our subculture, by our family, but, like, you know, you're not exactly. going to feel fulfilled, like, alone in a room even if you, you know, kind of have all of, like, the material goods around you, it's like, we find, you know, I think it's it's human nature to find fulfillment in other people. Mm-hmm. And, and people that you get for being who you are mm-hmm. and being a good person versus people you might get because you have a lot of money. So yeah. you're surrounded by more people. Mm-hmm. It's like, I like, yeah, the way, the way that we keep living, keep, you know, loving is by, like, you know, again, just having people who care about you unconditionally, like just cause, you know, and, and it's really sad cause it's, it's hard to find that. It's hard to find that in America if you aren't born into like a family that will give that to you, like specifically, like, you know, your specific family unit, if they won't give that to you, it's pretty impossible to find it anywhere else. And like, in, in like a standard, in like, you know, the dominant white American society. Yeah, um, especially in Boston, like, 
Yeah. I feel like people in Boston are just mean. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I kind of like it. I'm like, oh, this is, I like, a part I, of my well, culture. That, but. Is, that is my Massachusetts culture. <laughs> That's I actually goal. feel that. Whenever <laughs> I love, I found, I just love people from Massachusetts because they're all, all <laughs> are a little bit mean. But so, but, like, I get it. Like, it, it, make, it like, reminds me of home a little bit. <laughs> In the best way, where, like, yeah. you know, there is a bit of ball-busting that, like, you know, because that's... Cause and that's they're like, mean because they care. And that's, like, the common culture, <laughs> and that's kind of how it's, you know, done here a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know, and just, like, think about when you, like, at least for me, what I realized, or, like, I'm the most happy, truly. Like, nothing gives me more joy, because, like, the Starbucks that I work at is on my campus, so on days that I'm not working, I'm going there every day just to get my drink. And, like, nothing fills me with more joy than, like, walking into that group, into that, you know, into this place that isn't my home or anything. And, like, having, like, these people just be like, hey, Mateo, hey, how was your day? You know, Aww. it's like, that's, like, the good stuff. Or, like, and it's like, they're not your best friends, but it's like, they just, they care about you, you know? Or, you know, I mean, like, nothing makes you feel better than walking down the street and seeing a familiar face, like, light up and smile and just give my you a favorite. wave. And, like, like that's the best shit because it's just, like it makes you feel like everyone cares about you, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. It's like, I don't know, you know? I, I just, like, I know the, the people that I work with, you know, they'd care for me. They'd help me out. If, if if I was getting to an issue at Starbucks, like, you know, I know that they'll back me up, yeah. you know? Or I know that my, you know, I know my friends will back me up. And I know, and I know that if someone starts screwing with my friends, I'm going to back them up, you know? Because it's right, like... Right, and that's, like, the best part of living is yeah. knowing that, you're loved, you're supported, and you can provide that for someone else, too. Like, exactly. that's my favorite thing, just knowing, like... And there's nothing, like, yeah. and there's no goal to reach there, you know? It's like, there's nothing else that you have to aspire to to, like, reach that. You know, there's no status you need to be able to have that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no way to monetize that, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and so I think, you know, I don't know, American in, hyper-individualistic culture doesn't want us to know that. Uh, but, you know, it's something we're all wrestling with. Like, everyone, mm -hmm. everyone feels so, like, everyone's got imposter syndrome. Everyone's just, like, you know, so anxious about, like, where they stand. Yeah, in college, too, is, like, you need to make, make something of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, I feel like, specifically, we are feeling pretty affected by it because of where we are right now. Definitely. Um, and, like, and again, I'm realizing now that, like, you know, after these four years, there's no more hand-holding, you know, and that's definitely something I'm starting to wrestle with, you know, it's like, if anything, I almost went to college just to give myself four more years of hand-holding, because I didn't <laughs> need to, I could have just gone out and said, screw it, let's do it, but I got four more years of hand-holding, now I'm in my junior year, I'm like, hmm, should I go to, should I go to grad school now? Uh, yeah, should I, should I get my PhD? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, but, you know, you know, because I'm about to, you know, we're about to enter the world where there really is not much hand-holding, or at the very least, like, much, like, kind of unconditional support like that. And again, like, you know, I'm extremely privileged to be able to have, like, a small traditional family unit that, like, will always be there to, to support me. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is great, and that is, like, an unspeakable privilege in this, in this country specifically, because if you don't have that, you, there's nothing. There's really nothing there for you, and that's, that's just so sad. There's nothing there for you automatically, just because I don't want to give, like, such a nihilistic <laughs> view to it. But it's harder to find. It's harder to find. Like or it, it, yeah, it won't, it won't come to you. It won't come to you on its own. 
Ben. Right. How about that? Like, yeah, then exactly. it, it does become like you know, you're, the feeling that you're born to is is given to you at birth, mm-hmm. uh, and then anything else, anything else you have to you have to look for. And and I, and honestly, I think I mean I think we're reaching a point where I I, I think you know I don't know the the needle is gonna fall. Is it, what's the phrase? It's like I think I think I, I think know we're, what, yeah. We're putting the last few uh, needles on the camel's back right now. You know what I mean? It's like we're getting close to the last <laughs> is that one. A phrase? Straw. They're not needles. They're straws. The straw. On a camel. We're, putting, we're putting the <laughs> like we we've got like a, like the last handful of straws. In our in our hands right now, and we just keep gingerly placing them on this camel. Oh, you mean so it's gonna be the last straw that breaks the camel's back? It's coming. I think I think that. <laughs> so trying try get crazy together. analogy, but I think it's yes. coming. You know where? I think it's starting already. Like yeah. there's there's little cracks and there's leaks, and mm-hmm. you see like I do see a lot of communities and stuff on on YouTube or just in my general life. And I'm like, there's hope. Like people mm-hmm. are starting to change their minds and find like more I think so. peaceful ways and to find and there's and, and there always have been subcultures, you know, in America and stuff. It's like, even though we're more individualists, it's like, again, people have still been like trying to scratch this itch of community in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, through, again, like I said, through like different subcultures. But I, I, I'm scared that maybe like, as we get more online or as our like subcultures get more online, you know, it's like there was a time when like, say your subculture was you're part of the, you know, in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, you're part of like the punk scene, you're you're part of whatever scene or like Mm -hmm. you're part of like your club. It's like, they're a lot more physical, you know, where it's like these were actual like physical spaces that you would enter with other people around you in the real world that you would see when it's, I, I find it, I don't know. A little unfortunate that, like, I feel like a lot of these subcultures are, like, moving online. And, and although that definitely brought the scope of the amount of people that you can interact with, I feel like something is still lost there often, you know, kind of when all your connections are, like, online like that. Because I, I feel like, you know, it's like the connections, the people you see, it's like, I think they need to materially help you, like, in your day-to-day life to feel mm-hmm. to feel connected. It's like... You know, people that I can rely on to like help me with something, and and then and unfortunate, and even though you can like find great connections online, definitely, and like, and I know a lot of people who have like been really lost, and then found like cultures online where they feel more connected, uh, which is great. It's like there's still like something lost when it's like when it's not like based on like like your space, yeah. like you know, being there. And I think I think that's gonna I think that trend is going down. I think right now it's going up, but I think it's going to go down is what I meant. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I, yeah, I think it will too. Like there still will be those cultures that you can go to online, but it's not going to be like, like right now we're like chronically online. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely 100% exasper- exacer- exacerbated, that's the word, by COVID. Yes. And so I'm, I, I do hope you're right that we swing the fully opposite way. Uh, and I think you're right. Because I'm getting sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, where where meeting people in, like, communal spaces becomes, like, much more important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. I don't know. And it goes all the way back to our other episode <laughs> where we talked about the energy you're surrounded by. Yeah, exactly. It's Full all circle. the same stuff. It is. Full circle. I Yeah, the energy. <laughs> that is so true. That is what we talked about. It's, it's, <laughs> it is so full circle. Um, yeah. 
Well, I think that's a good place to leave it off. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming. This was really fun. <laughs> yeah, this was super fun. I love to ramble, so <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>